It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Time winding out of the game for the Sharks. They need it. Ten seconds to go. Hurdle with the blue line moves in. I think the Sharks are out of time here. Florida takes it. They almost turn it over. Can the Sharks get it? No. Kachuk, near side feed. And here's a shot, score! Stenland with 1.5 seconds left from just inside the red line. Makes it a 3-1 Panthers lead with an empty netter. And the Panthers fans celebrate as they go back to 500. The Rats get thrown out of the ice as is the tradition here in South Florida. And a disappointing end for San Jose. Another hard fought game. Another little step forward, but just not enough. Testing, testing, one, two, testing, one, two, one, two, one, two, testing. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome as we look back at last night's game. The San Jose Sharks, I thought, played a competitive game. You liked what you saw from some of the players like William Eklund or uh, Fabian Zetterland. Mackenzie Blackwood was once again, um, well, I didn't have him as team MVP uh, through the first six games of the season. But you know, once again, like you heard Dan Rusinowski there on the intro, it was a step in the right direction, a hard-fought battle, but not enough for the Sharks to get the win against a team as good potentially as Florida will be this year. And I think that right now while the Sharks are going through this, there's, there's a couple reactions that I do have. And one of them is that with a player like Logan Couture missing, with another guy like Mikhail Granlin, I think those are the types of players that if they are missing, for where the Sharks are right now, it's going to be that much more damaging to what they are trying to do compared to another team. I think that you are probably looking at these guys as two of the most important players that would be joining your team this year, or excuse me, that would be part of your team. Granlin's the only one that's joining. Obviously, Couture's been here forever, but... In terms of where the Sharks are with their talent, in terms of what they were trying to get done this year, in terms of what their offensive production was predicated upon, I would say you could not have moved almost anyone else out of the lineup that would have had the same amount of impact on the offensive production. The only other one I would really throw into that conversation would be a Tomas Hurdle. And right now the Sharks' offensive production just isn't there. But if you're looking at this game, it's a game that they're down 2-1 against one of the what we assume is going to be one of the better teams in the NHL, and they get an empty netter. And Mackenzie Blackwood, like I alluded to, just stood on his head all night long. And it's great that you are able to get performances like that, and I think he's averaging something like 41 shots against for each of his starts that he's had this year, which means there obviously needs to be um, – a little bit of a rectification of the amount of shots that the Sharks are allowing. But, you know, this also goes to your overall offensive zone possession time, and that's what the Sharks are not having a good time doing at all. If we look at the first period, according to Sheng Peng, uh, puck in the offensive zone time. Sharks had it for 558 versus 956 for Florida. 
Offensive zone possession time, 57 seconds for the Sharks, 245 for Florida. They were outshot in the first period, 16-9. Florida had eight slot shots on net. The Sharks had one. Florida had three high-danger scoring chances versus none for the Sharks. The Florida had six scoring chances off the cycle versus none for the Sharks. The Panthers had two scoring chances off the rush versus none for the Sharks. Florida had five turnover scoring chances versus two for the Sharks. And Florida and San Jose, San Jose this is one area where they're actually matched up, uh, each had two odd man rushes. But that is a tale overwhelmingly in favor of one side versus the other. And I think that right now the Sharks need to figure out how they're going to do a better job of possessing the puck in the offensive zone, just being able to control things a little bit. Because what I have seen throughout the first six games of this season is there is a lot of puck chasing. The Sharks are being moved around a lot, and they are not in control of the game. And I think that there was a, a relative expectation based upon where they were a year ago and versus what they were going into this year. Um, and obviously not having Timo Meyer any longer after last year's trade deadline and no longer having an Eric Carlson type player. But right now, you know, I know there is a desire to move things quickly, but you can't give the puck away. You can't make mistakes. The Sharks have to play a cleaner brand of hockey, in my opinion, even though last night was not that bad. I'll be honest. I didn't think last night was a uh, was a terrible performance by the Sharks or anything, but it's like these little problems that they have where they are not controlling the puck, where they are not having the extended offensive zone possession. The way to potentially extend those uh, is to just be a little bit cleaner with the puck. But beyond that right now, while they are without two of their more important offensive players, I think you have to look for other signs of positivity. I've liked a lot of the movement and creation from Eklund, who's also been pretty good on the forecheck as well. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to throw his body around like some of the bigger guys out there, but he's very good at with an active stick trying to knock the puck away. And I, I like what I'm seeing from him. I've liked what I've seen from Bordalo. I've liked what I've seen from Zetterland and, and, and you know, Eklund, that pass that he made to Zetterland last night to hook up on that first goal. These are the signs of what you are hoping will be part of what the Sharks turn into in a couple of years. And that's not saying that it's going to take a couple of years um, for them to be competitive. Once again, I don't, I don't have a specific timeline on that right now, but I do think the whole point is that you see the potential with guys like Eklund. I know that, you know, a lot of people are waiting for Eklund to be this incredible player. And I think part of that narrative is he needs more talent around him. I'm not putting that blame on anyone. I'm just saying Eklund is one of those players that, you know, when the Sharks do kind of evolve into what they are going to be, I think you're going to watch Eklund be more creative. I think you're going to watch Bordalo be more creative. And I think you're going to watch the level of talent around them uh, come in and improve, which will improve everyone's game. And I think that, you know, right now they are going through the baptism by fire of the start of their NHL career where they are, you know, being put in positions that are probably more difficult than a lot of other younger players in the NHL. But, you know, if you are looking for this team to be born of tough times so that they are tough when they are competitive teams. It's happening right now. And I know that doesn't make it any more fun for us to watch right now, but you know, we can talk about any number of franchises over the course of history and any sports. And there is a period where they are down, where they're going through the rebuild or the retool or the reset or whatever we want to call what the sharks are doing right now. That's what it takes in the NHL. That's what you have to be able to get done 
to put yourself in a position to contend again. You want to be really, really good? You're going to have to go through that down period. I mean, I can, again, point to a number of franchises that have gone through that and have come out clean on the other side. And yeah, it can take time. And I know that that's no fun for people on the outside like us who are all watching. I mean, listen, I am a fan as much as I am a broadcaster as well. I always try to keep that very uh, upfront in my mind. And I know that you know, if you're watching these games at home, it's not a whole lot of fun. It's like you're seeing these opportunities, you're seeing these missed plays, you're seeing the breakdowns, you're seeing the lack of talent going up against other teams, and it does get frustrating. And you think to yourself, okay, well, where were the Sharks for a long time? For the better part of two decades, they were in contention. So when you recognize that you were in contention for that long, okay, this is what you go through. And listen, I'm not here to absolve the past or anything like that. You would have loved drafts to have gone out better. You would have loved uh, maybe not to have leveraged things the same way, but at the same time, you were in a window that was extended and kept open for a long, long time. The Sharks were always contenders, and it stayed like that, again, for a long, long time. And this is the other side of that, where you have to restock, where you have to retool. You can use the rebuild term if you want, but you build yourself up, hopefully, for another long-term extended run. Now, to temper everything we've seen up to this point of the season, I always feel it's necessary to look at some of the other teams around the NHL to compare where they are. I mean, Florida, even after their win last night against the Sharks through six games, they are 3-3. Three and three. So they are not playing up to their potential at this point. I think you look elsewhere around the NHL, Pittsburgh, who were trying to extend their window by acquiring Eric Carlson in the offseason. They're currently 2-4 and four on the season. So, yeah, is that going to be where this all ends? No, of course not. Washington won 3-1 through their first five games of the year. Is that where their season ends? Are they going to be at the bottom of the Metro? No, I, I don't think so. I expect them to have a rectification. I expect things more to return to normal, just like I expect some of the Sharks players to start scoring with a little bit more regularity, and right now they're going through it on a new team trying to figure it out. Um, you know, we look at the West right now. Do you expect Edmonton to be 1-4-1 and in that position for the remainder of the year? I, I don't. I expect there to be a correction. I expect them to start playing better. I expect these teams to start looking what they're going to look like. I'm not saying the Sharks are going to suddenly turn things around and become this world-beating team that everyone should look out for. I'm just saying, yes, the Sharks are in a bad way to start off their season, but they have a very, very difficult schedule. It's not going to get any easier as they're going to be taking on Tampa next, but this is where the Sharks are right now, and it's up to them to pull themselves out of it. And again, you're looking at that learning experience that they are recognizing, and honestly, if you want to know where you are, you compare yourself uh, in Game 1 against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, in Game 2 against the Stanley Cup champions from two years ago who expect to be contenders. You look at Carolina, they expect themselves to be contenders. Boston, big disappointment at last year after having the best regular season ever. You know, the Predators, a team I think, are one to watch. And then you have Florida, and then you have Tampa, and then you have Carolina, and then you have the Capitals again. I mean, we all know this is not easy. But I think everybody took a look at this opening schedule and recognized what type of a gauntlet they were going to be going through. I don't think anybody thought this was going to be easy to start the year. And I think if you looked at that schedule from an honest viewpoint, you were saying, boy, this is going to be tough for them to rack up many points, get many wins throughout the first you know, eight games of the season. It does get a little bit easier. Not that I'm saying there's any easy out in the NHL or anything like that, but you come home against Vancouver. You then have a, a Pittsburgh. That you then have the Flyers. You then have the Oilers, who are not playing great hockey. And then, of course, you got to go back out onto the road against a team like Vegas. But the point is, 
you knew this was going to be difficult. And right now we are learning that against the top tier teams, um, particularly in the East and two of the top teams in the West, the Sharks just aren't there right now. And that's a, a fair assessment for where they are right now. They are not going to be competing with those top teams, but it is also not truly indicative of where the Sharks are overall, because I think you've got to you got to see them against more of the rest of the league to figure out what they are. You can't just compare the Sharks against the best teams and try and say this is who they are for the entirety of the 2023-2024 season. I want to see them against some of these other middle-tier teams that are going to be battling for playoff contention to see what they are against the Sharks because I think that will give us a better assessment of what they are um, trying to be and what we think they are capable of being because for me, that's that's what it all comes down to. This is who the Sharks are at this point of the season. This is what they've been going through to start the season. And I do think that, again, you get to the other side of this, you get to where the schedule starts to lighten up just a little bit, and you will start to see those wins coming for the San Jose Sharks. I know people on social and in other places love to kind of you know, dig on the Sharks right now and talk about them being down, but you have to recognize the difficulty of the schedule, the strength of schedule they've had to start the season. If you missed it on the buildup yesterday, I asked Kyle Burrows about this, just if it was getting the guys down, um, you know, the losing at the start of the season. I thought he had a really good answer. Mood in the room. Are, are guys getting down at all, or is everybody just kind of able to turn the page and move on to the next game? Well, I think that, you know, when you're losing, it sits with you. I think that that, you know, people get get restless with the, with losing. And I mean, I think if, if there were, you know, people satisfied with the way that things are, I don't think that, you know, they're the right people. And for us, I think it's it's all about, you know, looking back at our mistakes, like I said before, is looking back at our mistakes and learning from, um, you know, those losses and those things. And you need to take a page out of it, but also like you have to have a, a memory enough where you remember them enough to to move on to the next game and and kind of use it as fuel. And, um, you know, because it, it is frustrating losing. And I know that a lot of guys in this room, we've, we've talked about as a group, we've, we've gone over what it takes to be successful and um, the things that we need to do night in and night out. And, um, the thing is, we, we in in these games, we, we you know we have flashes of it for you know could be you know forty minutes, fifty minutes, you know that 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 we do all these things, and it's just those little lapses that we we talk about that we really need to you know nip in the butt because we can't have it, especially in this league where, like I said before, the teams are so good that you know they're going to capitalize on chances, and you know we you know we, we've talked about it those those games where we've had those two goals and, you know, those minute, minute and a half, whatever it might be. And it's, it's, that's, what's frustrating for us. And that's, what's really, really for us as a young team. And yes, as a new group, like that's what we need to learn from and, and move on from and kind of, you know, one thing happens, it's gotta be a quick nip of the button, play our, get back to our game. And uh, that's what we're working on right now. Yeah. I, I talked to David Quinn about that the other night after the, uh, the game against Boston and just saying it's, it's been the minutes or the moments more than the overall performance throughout the game, because it was just, you know, 90 seconds against Vegas and then against Nashville, it was, you know, two goals really quickly at the start of the second period. Like, does that make yeah. it that much more frustrating because you know you're otherwise playing well? Or are you looking at like, hey, for the most part, we're doing what's asked of us. We just need to fix those little minute issues because I, I could see which side would be more frustrating. Yeah, I think, I mean, the thing that it's got to be that we're, we're doing these things for, like you said that, and then that two minute lapse is the one that's really putting us in the hole. And that's, I think that's what's the most frustrating. I think, you know what I mean? You do do these things right. And, but the thing is like, we can't, it's, you know, it's, like I said, it's the national hockey league. You can't have though. You can't take those moments off, especially after a goal score. That's the biggest shift, no matter if it's goal four or against, that's when you need to be most ready because teams are, 
you know, motivated. It, it's these guys are, you know, great players on their team. And, you know, they, they want to either help their team out or keep their, keep that momentum going for their team. And we, we need to understand that and, um, and really look to those moments uh, and, you know, bring the, bring it in those times. I think. <clears throat> Yeah, no, it's, you know, that's, that's part of, you know, the NHL you allude to. It's just like, there is so much parody, everything's so close. And I also, you know, I have to imagine that when you're coming into a, a new team in a new system, it's very, it's hard to know that like, okay, if I did this before in this situation, I've got to change my thinking to do this in this situation now, because that's what the system calls. So like, it's still for you and a lot of guys I'd imagine there's still a learning curve that's going on, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there's, there's going to be times and, um, uh, moments where you are in that different system, you need to, you know, you might rely on the old habits. But the thing with us, I think what we're still trying to, like you said, we're talking about practice, like we're we're instilling kind of like those systems as our new kind of, you know, they're just ingrained in our DNAs. And um, you know, I think that those are moments when we need to rely on that. And um, but the biggest thing that comes from that is our work, the way that we work, and the way that we can, what we can control is the way that we, how much energy and how much you know, want and drive, we want to, uh, to bring to the game and what we want to, how, how bad we want to win. And, um, for us right now, we need to, we need to elevate that and, you know, really get hungry for it. Again, that was Cal Burrows who joined me on the buildup yesterday before the Sharks took on the Panthers. If you want to hear the entirety of that interview, check out the buildup game six versus Florida. And on the other side, we're going to finish the interview that I did with Philip Zadina that I did not have time for entirely of in yesterday's episode of the buildup, which featured some of that interview as well. That's all coming up next on Morning Tide presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing chill it's an easy thing to do just crack open an ice cold coors light and chill take the afternoon off and binge watch anything go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours who's counting anyways or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week whatever you do do it with a coors light mountain cold refreshment made to chill 2020 coors brewing company golden colorado celebrate responsibly Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. And behind the goal line, Eklund muscling it free. Bordalo trying to get back to Eklund. He does. Eklund turns away from Mikula, drops it in front, and Zetterlin shoots. He scores! Top shelf for Fabian Zetterlin, and the two kids, Bordalo and Eklund, made that play happen. Sharks lead 1-0 with a power play goal at 8.30 of the second period. Welcome back to Morning Tide on the Sharks Audio Network. The Sharks coming off a 3-1 loss to Florida. They are off today. Then they are going to be in Tampa Bay on Thursday and then at Carolina on Friday, off Saturday, and then at Washington on Sunday to finish up this five-game road trip. And then they are going to be back at the tank to take on Vancouver, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Edmonton before they go back out on the road to take on Vegas and then the Ducks. Then they're back home hosting Florida on Tuesday the 14th. So yeah, life comes at you fast in the NHL. We are all seeing that, but also watching the development of a William Eklund and a Thomas Bordalo throughout the early part of the season. We get an extended look of them. I know that a lot of people feel that, you know, Bordalo got his opportunity because Couture is out injured right now. And if that's how we want to frame it, that's fine. But a lot of the action that we're seeing from Bordalo, a lot of the activity that we're watching from him, the movement, the creation, same thing with Eklund. I think there's a lot to like in these players right now. And I think that 
We obviously hold them to a very high standard, and we also want to see a lot of growth from them. But I think that, you know, Bordalo is making the most of his opportunity, and I think that Eklund looks more and more like a player you can rely on for the future. And again, we can't extrapolate their careers out of what we've seen up to this point of the season or their young careers. Um, but I think they both are showing very promising signs. And I think that if you're watching promising signs and chance creation and quality movement and creating opportunities for others, I think that bodes well for the future of both of them. And it, it just overall makes me excited to see what they have the potential to do. As promised, I do have the rest of my conversation with Philip Sedina that I had ahead of the game against Florida. If you want to hear the entirety of this interview, like I said with the Kyle Burroughs interview, check out the build-up Game 6 versus Florida. Again, that's part of our pregame coverage that we have before every Sharks game. We've got Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report. We've also got Morning Skate with Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda, where they talk about everything that they saw out of the Morning Skate on game day. And then we also have, of course, the buildup, which I talk to writers, broadcasters, players. And again, we try and keep you up to date on everything going on with the San Jose Sharks. But like I said, uh, this was uh, the rest of what you didn't get to hear of my conversation with Zadina yesterday on the buildup. Do you like... Working in the film room, I know some guys are bigger on it than others to learn about the upcoming teams and the opposition. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that, but it's just like sometimes less is more, right? So like, just uh, it depends. Like, I obviously don't mind it. I like to do on the stuff, uh, like the video and and stuff like that. It always like helps you, but it just like sometimes like less is more, and enough is enough. So just yeah. Uh, just a bunch of things to see and, and just mostly like focus on our team and on yourself to, to be better than them, obviously. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I could imagine if you get presented with too much information, then you're probably thinking about too much when you're out there on the ice, yeah. as opposed to just doing the, the task at hands. Um, exactly. Obviously the team's still looking for that first win. It seems to me like more like individual moments, small breakdowns, as opposed to, you know, bad play throughout the game. I, the last 90 seconds of the second period versus uh, Vegas, for instance, or, you know, against Nashville the other night, there was, it was a one nothing game and then two goals in 12 seconds. Is it, is it more frustrating that you're having those small moments or are you saying like, no, you know, for most of the game, we're playing pretty well. We think we can turn this around. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously really, really hard when we gave, give up two goals in a short term of time. Like, like last game, it was obviously tough. It's it's better those things we we're doing right now. We don't have to, you know. We'll be we'll get we'll learn from that and we'll be better in the next game. Obviously, it's not like you know some big mistakes. What we do, just like small little details, we mm -hmm. just lose for a little bit and just you know lose the game because of that. Because we're not focused for sixty minutes, so it's uh it's just the little things. It's not like we're playing bad hockey for 60 minutes and and we just you know can't keep up with and it's any teams we play so far it's not true it's just you know the little things we just quit doing for a second and it's and it's you know two nothing three nothing and it's tough to chase these uh scores yeah especially you know you give up early goals on the road that always makes it yeah. that much more difficult and it actually it, it always reminds me of something that uh former player and and sharks broadcaster jamie baker used to tell me he used to talk about how important practice was especially in the beginning of a year and I imagine that's probably even more valid with this team right now considering 
how many newcomers there are to the team, yourself included. Like I imagine those those practice sessions like you guys had today are probably pretty beneficial. Of course, of course. I mean, every single practice we have, we have together, it just gives you gives you more, you know, uh, trust between each player on the eyes that, you know, he'll do his job, I'll do my job, and uh, he'll do his job as well. So it's just, uh, you know, the more we practice, the more we know each other on the ice better, where he's going to be, where I can pass the puck, or, you know, we can read out of each other as well. So it's uh, obviously beneficial for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, now that you're here with San Jose, how much different, you know, is the is the team, is the coaching staff or the players maybe than how you thought of it from being on the outside previously? Uh, obviously, I mean, uh, it's tough to say Like I was in Detroit before and, and just only one team. So, uh, it's, it's different a little bit, but I think I, you know, I like the guys in, in, in Detroit as well. The same, uh, the same here. They're nice. They were nice. And it's just like, I don't, I, I don't think I met a bad person in, in the NHL or, uh, you know, on any team that are just, uh, you know, nice people here and everybody's just trying to play the game that, you know, they love we laugh and, and, and trying to win the game. So obviously it's, uh, it's, it's tough if you play against your friends on the ice, because there is, you know, there's kind of like no, no friendship on the ice, but like yeah. on the ice, like everybody, you know, really nice. So, well, yeah. I mean, did you know, um, you know, Jan Ruda or Tomas Hurdle or Radim Shimek before you came to the Sharks organization? Like I, Obviously, you know, you, you come from a country which has a big prominence on hockey, but I don't know how big those networks extend. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, I knew uh, Jan Ruta a little bit, but I never, I think I never met Tommy or, or uh, Ragin before. So it was my first time seeing them here in, in San Jose. We obviously spoke after I signed in uh, in, in San Jose. So uh, we kind of knew each other a little bit from that, but uh, nothing, nothing like we, you know, I don't really knew them before. Yeah. Are, are during the season are you talking to friends and family um back home after games or uh, early in the morning before they hit hit the sack? Yeah, well, it's it's really tough with that uh 9 hours difference. I was used to for 6 and it was actually uh doable, it was okay, but right now with those 9 hours, uh it's uh early calling home or right after the practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that time difference is pretty hard. Are they are they able yeah. to get the games on? I mean, I don't know what the streaming service is. It Sky Sports the over there, or ESPN Plus. What do they have available to them? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't even know. Uh, I think they're just watching through the NHL.com or something like that. NHL TV, something like that. I think they watch it. Uh, they watch the hockey uh, through. But yeah, they actually. My parents actually do a good job waking up and watching watching those uh, early games. So. It's uh, it's a huge thing for them. Is is your dad still coaching you? Is he is he always yeah, have advice after uh, every game? Yeah, he's trying to help me. He's he did, he's not like he's coaching me, but he's trying to help me every single, you know. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. Well, yeah. I will let you go, Philip. I uh, really you. enjoyed watching you with the Sharks so far. It's been very fun. Um, all all you guys from from the Czech Republic, you guys are all uh, great teammates, and it's been. Uh, been fun having you so far and i uh looking forward to that first win and i'll be bugging you for an interview soon all right man okay sounds good thank you i appreciate it again that was philip zadina joining us here on the sharks audio network and i think that when you hear the positivity from a burrows if you heard some of that in the first segment or from zadina you can hear these guys are not 
you know, they're not overwhelmed by the situation. I think they all recognize where the Sharks are right now, and I think they recognize the opportunity that they're being given with San Jose. And for a guy like Sedina, who was not living up to expectations of the high draft pick, I think there is some argument that he wasn't being used correctly. And we'll obviously have to wait and see how um, he does here in San Jose. But he's been capable so far, and I think that that's the type of thing or idea that the Sharks have been leaning heavily upon. Give these guys who have not had success at other points of their career a chance to prove themselves here in San Jose. And yes, we all know that the offensive production has not been enough. I'm not going to try and claim otherwise. But you've seen Zetterlin, who was acquired last year at the deadline, producing. You have seen Zadina, who has a lot of high-end potential, Showing the signs of life that I think you expected or many wanted to see from him in Detroit, he's being capable of doing that here in San Jose. And I think before we go any further, we've got to mention Mackenzie Blackwood. Rebound kept in for Hagee. Back to the point. Ekman Larson, the shot. That's tipped by the stick of the Sharks defensive player, Philip Zadina, on the play. Zadina and Peterson killing the penalty up front. Here's a play to Reinhardt in the slot. He gets the shot away. That is a fantastic save by Mackenzie Blackwood. It's cleared back out by the Sharks. I know we do look back at his performances against Carolina and Nashville and think, okay, there were six and five goals given up in those games, but I am not holding those uh, against him. I'm looking at the games against Colorado and Florida where he was brilliant in absolutely each game, and I think also – you look at overall how many shots he's been facing, and I think the fact that he's been able to make as many saves as he has is a testament to just how good he has been. And in that vein, he is getting opportunity that maybe people thought he wasn't going to get again. So all in all, promising signs, but at this point, it's still not good enough. And I don't think that anybody on the Sharks is going to tell you that it is, and I don't think that anybody around the NHL is going to tell you it is. The The record speaks for itself at this point, but again, there are things going on with the Sharks that I think give you reason for hope, and even if hope is not a strategy right now, like I said, when the schedule lightens up, I do think you will see the Sharks finally start to rack up those wins. And maybe it comes before then. Who knows? All right, we are out of time. Be sure to tune in tonight at 7 for San Jose Barracuda Hockey. Nick Nolenberger on the call. And then we'll be back with you Thursday afternoon as the Sharks take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.